This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Today, let's talk about one of my favorite Twitter accounts that I follow, and that's the at week, A-D-W-E-A-K. You might be one of the 75,000 followers that they have, um, and they have fantastic, interesting, funny, right on the head kind of tweets about the marketing world. Uh, I was just looking, I was scrolling back up here for a second. Uh, One was something about um, people are so happy they don't have to lay people off in person, uh, totally hits things on the head, I think, for some companies. Um, so I'm joined by the person behind the um, guy with the swim cap, Paul Taylor. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on uh, your podcast. So who is this guy, this Twitter handle? Who is that swimmer dude? So <laughs> years ago, we found this photo online. Mm-hmm. And basically stole it. And uh, at one point, we were contacted by the actual photographer of that guy, um, who was actually a commercial photographer. And I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry. We will 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 not use it anymore." And he said, "No, keep using it." <laughs> so I have no idea who he is, um, but the the photographer is nice enough to let us steal his his photo and spend. It's been the, the, the face of Adweek for, for many years now. And I mean, obviously, people can go through your um, your Twitter stream here and see some of these posts, but but they're just funny, right? Breaking Zoom video call reveals people pretty much just wearing same clothes every day. Um, I mean, we know that's true. Um, breaking <laughs> more marketers say they're suspending all brand journeys until further notice. Um, and then there was another. I mean, there's just so many. I mean, this one really hit home. Um, everything is breaking with you too. Um, breaking TripAdvisor ad sales rep not having any luck with now is the perfect time to advertise sales pitch. Um, <laughs> and certainly, we've all heard that sales pitch before. Um, yes. So, how do you come up with these posts? I mean, uh, committee meeting on top of committee meeting, or how, or how do you come up with them? So it's. I mean, it's really. Uh, uh, I think the the the. the most often uh, uh, comment we get is it's funny because it's true. And it comes from many years in the ad agency business. I've worked at all the big agencies and had my own agency. Um, So it really just comes from personal experience. And I think when, I think when we, uh, when we get that, it's funny because it's true comment. I I think that's when uh, I think most people engage and it's been, it's been a, it's been a crazy uh, amount of engagement, I think. Uh, and I think what I've often said is it's things people want to say, but they can't say it themselves. So if I say it, if Adweek says it, uh, I've heard stories of people printing them out and posting them on their office walls when they had offices. And, uh, 
And so I think that's really where kind of the, the success comes from in that I'm saying things that people wish they could say, but can't because they'll be fired. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just, I'm keep scrolling through the feed. Uh, breaking brands should continue to spend on advertising according to ad agencies. I mean, it's like that is literally what everybody's currently doing for their marketing. You should right. keep doing. You should keep doing whatever it is that's paying our bills. Right. Um, so a lot of these things are very, very, very true. Um, so, but at, at the end of the day, what's the purpose of the account? I mean, it's certainly fun to read it. You've grown a following. Um, and, and is it like, is it driving business or what, what are you doing with it? Those are, those are great questions. Originally we did it just for fun. It was uh, another writer and myself years ago sitting in a bar and because we both loved, uh, the onion, mm -hmm. uh, we thought, wouldn't it be fun to do the onion, uh, for advertising and basically r ripped off their entire style down to the initial caps on every word and um at one point i thought the onion was going to call me and say hey knock it off you're you're stealing from us but i did get uh <laughs> i did talk to them and they said no we, we're, we're fans we love it uh so so originally just started out just for fun and we were completely anonymous and the reason we were anonymous was because we still worked in the agency business and um and then um it, it started as a website like just like the onion and uh, it doesn't make Adweek doesn't make any money on on its on its surface. Um, so we decided to just do a couple issues and then leave it alone. But it got kind of popular as a website. And then at, at a certain point, it was just too much work to recreate a website every week. And so I turned it into Twitter. The partner I started it with. Is no longer in the business, so uh, it's just much easier to, you know, post whenever I feel like it rather than kind of redesign a, a website each time. So um, part of the reason behind Adweek was, um, as as you said, a new business tool, um, and that's where most of our projects and businesses come from over the last couple of years, brands saying, we really like your voice. You are touching on the pain points of my business. And um, so that's, and the other thing too is more, more or less a social case study. So every time you look at ad age or the real ad week, um, there's all these pundits saying, this is what you should do on social media. So we decided to see if we could do it without following any of the rules. Uh, so sometimes we'll post twice in a half hour if we think something's funny or 11 o'clock at night or with a picture or without a picture. And wanted to see if we could gain an organic following. Uh, and that's the reason we don't follow anyone back because we never wanted it to look like, oh, they have 75,000 followers because they're following 75,000 people. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and... And it's it's worked. We get about last I checked uh, this morning actually is uh, according to Twitter metrics about 1.8 million tweet impressions a month, mm -hmm. uh, probably six seven hundred new followers a month, and it's just it's just grown organically because you just you kept keep talking. Yes. 
I, and, I keep talking, yes. Right? That's the that's what you do <laughs> on Twitter. And very interesting stuff. I mean, even here, breaking social media users, just thankful brands haven't suspended ads in their feeds. Um, who doesn't want to say that? So when people reach out to you, though, I mean, what, like, they hire you for copywriting or what kind of projects do they work with you on? You know, it, it, it's a, uh, it's pretty much all over the board at this point. Um, you know, uh, back in, back in the day, you know, I, I used to pretty much just do TV commercials when I was at Shia Day and BBDO and, and certainly everything has changed now. It's now it's social. So people are reaching out to, uh, to Adweek to write their social captions or I'm even, I've even been doing press releases lately. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a crazy world. Um, uh, and then, um, yeah, and it's it's a lot of it's a and it's some there's some big brands too that have reached out. I, I won't name any names, but um, who uh, um, I, I, one of them wanted me to come speak at their conference, and it's 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 all over the board really, but mostly mostly copywriting because it's it's because that's what's on twitter and and also on linkedin i'm paul taylor on linkedin and i decided at one point if to see if i could do the same thing i did on twitter on linkedin and it it's uh this the same sort of engagement i think people i think people want to laugh at themselves mm -hmm. i don't think linkedin likes me on linkedin um because you know, I, th I think they consider it more of a professional platform, and I'm just being snarky on LinkedIn. Interesting. Maybe it's more formal. I don't. I don't know. So, of course, uh, the, the one thing I, I kind of forgot to go down this road. Actually, um, you're really showing off, right? How you can write in different voices and how you can build an audience and, and um, move forward from there. And you know, the, the other example that came to my mind. So that's the copywriting, but even um, when you look at video, right? I mean, who comes to my mind when I think of video? It's the Holderness family, right? Have you, you've probably seen them, right? Kim and oh, yeah. Ken Holderness. And they just make videos, right? Like all the time. And I'm thinking, well, if I need a video, like I know they can do it and they're really cool videos and, and um, they seem to be fun. Uh, same thing here, right? I mean, if I call you and say, hey, Paul, could you help me with copywriting? I don't think I'm going to get a formal, um, overly formal guy on the phone. Right. And, and, you know, uh, we, we do, we do do a lot of videos and these days um, those are becoming um, a lot easier to do um, than, you know, with whether it's stock footage or, um, you know, shooting stuff yourself. So we, we have done projects for uh, a lot of, a lot of folks with, with video and, and sometimes people come to us and they don't really know what they want. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so whether it's a video or um, a Facebook ad or, or whatever, but yeah, um, we, we do a lot of video. And then, so how do people contact you? Do they literally just click on the little link on the, um, on the Twitter profile um, that goes to Adweek studio. I mean, you have everybody talking about, Oh my goodness, we need um, a blue call to action or whatever. Right. Yeah. Let's have, let's have a, that, there's a tweet for you. Um, right. Five hour meeting to decide whether the button should be green or blue. Um, and then do they just go there and then they go down to the bottom and they click on the email and they email you? 
Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a rabbit hole for sure, and and I think a lot of people don't realize that we actually work in the ad business for a living. I mean, Adweek doesn't pay any bills, um, so it um, we get about I'd say about twenty thousand profile visits a month on Twitter, and that's where it's has basically our our cell um, with with a link to Adweek Studio. Um, so. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I just was on the phone this morning with someone who said they had no idea that we actually do projects for brands and agencies. Um, so yeah, that, that's the really the only place, and then on LinkedIn as well. But that's the only place where you can see like, oh, okay, they're not just doing this for fun. <laughs> they're they're actually a business. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, yep. And so now the next step is you have a book coming out. So yes. tell me about that. Is it is it a like like a regular book with chapters, or is it uh, tweets compila- uh, compilations, or or how how is it going to look? Yeah, it's again, it's uh, sort of taking uh, stealing from the Onion again. They publish a book every year of, of all of the articles or a lot of the articles that they've done throughout the year. Um, and I've always wanted to sort of compile everything into a book. Um, and uh, a publisher uh, recently reached out to me, and it's it's going to be mostly the tweets, but there's going to be also stuff that you can't find on Twitter, uh, more infographics, some cartoons, uh, but no chapters. But it's just basically a compilation of of all the content. I just have always felt like people, um, again, going back to the. Uh, uh, they want to say it, but they can't. I, I've always felt like people would want to have this book sitting on their desk and just, you know, thumb through it and and uh, see some of the see some of the headlines and some also and other stuff that isn't available on Twitter. We wanted to provide some unique content for the book, and I forget the price point, but it's not going to be expensive, uh, and certainly not looking to sell a million copies, but. Um, all the con- the content's there, so why not turn it into a, a book? You know, what's interesting, too, is when you – so one of the, the tweets that prompted me to actually message, right, for the podcast was breaking ad week once your opinion on a new book cover. And I'm looking at that – I'm looking at the tweet, and I'm thinking, I don't get it. Like, what's the joke? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean? Because, like, there's no serious tweets in here. Uh, right below, right no. below it is breaking agency dog given furlough, which I read that out loud to my wife because you know, uh, like everybody else, we're spending all of our time now together um, at yeah. home. But like, I'm like, I don't get the joke. Like, what's the joke? <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a straight up promotion, and we've been pretty careful not to promote ourselves because people are. I think people are are just expect it to be a joke. But that that was pretty straight up there's a book coming out yep um so there were there was no joke to that one <laughs> there there's actually a book um so of course you know for some of you um let's see we have uh, joe polizzi and i talked about that on the show a little bit i don't know if we've have done a episode on why you should publish a book but there is an article over on authenticstorytelling.net forward slash blog if you search for it how to turn your blog into um into a book. Um, I've done that with all of my books. Um, and then actually Jared Johnson, 
turned his podcast into a book. So every episode oh. is a chapter. And now in your case, you're turning your Twitter feed into a book. Yeah, that, that's basically all it is. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it's certainly something that, uh, you know, because I, I don't know how many, I think I have over 6,000 tweets or something. Uh, I'd have to look, but uh, it's it's something that it could just like the onion could be done on a yearly basis because there's just new content coming up and the whole, you know, we try to be fairly timely and relevant. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly do some general, uh, general sarcastic uh, tweets, but you know, with the whole work from home thing, uh, we were that we were able to, uh, kind of create a lot of content around that. Obviously, not not joking about it, but sort of. Well, that, it's very sensitive. Yeah, but, well, I was going to ask you that. So, none of the the um, what I would call them pandemic related tweets, none of them struck me as tone deaf. Um, you know, like I mean, or they Thank didn't. You. Uh, they didn't offend me, right? Now, if I was a manager who had to lay people off and I had to do it over Zoom, I probably wouldn't have liked that tweet. You know, that um, people are happy they don't have yeah. to do it in person. Um, but for the most part, I didn't go, I didn't cringe. Um, so how do you, like, how do you do that? How do you find that balance as a brand to, to still use the current situation and say something people find interesting, but they're not, they're not offensive? I know that's a very good point. And it is very, it is very sensitive. And, and before the pandemic, there's, other issues that I've stayed away from uh, because they would be tone deaf and um, never really wanted it to anything to look like, like uh, I had an ax to grind with anything. It's funny because we try to spread the, the, the satire over a lot of different categories, whether it's clients, copywriters, strategists, media buyers. So we, we, we try to spread it evenly because again, I didn't want it ever look like I had was trying to make a point of anything. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a junior copywriter, so it would probably be easy for me to write a lot of messages about uh, all the young kids in this business, which I do uh, frequently. But um, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a little bit of a tightrope, and I've just been I think I've been very careful to not have that cringeworthy like oh i can't believe they just said that so hopefully i, I hopefully we struck that good balance and i'm I, i'm glad that you uh have noticed and appreciated it because um you know sometimes you don't know um you know i, I and all this time i think i maybe had i don't know maybe one or two that i've taken down uh because someone because i didn't I didn't sort of realize that it would be taken the wrong way, but for the most part, we try not to be mean spirited. Um, and just, we, uh, it's, it's, it's funny when I, when I do a tweet about a brand planner, that's then it's funny because the, the, um, then it's all the brand planners that will uh, retweet it or like it and say, yep, this is me. This is what I do. <laughs> Well, I, there's one on here in early March. Um, agency brand planners shocked to learn 
her unique consumer insights was discovered 30 years ago. And I mean, it's <laughs> kind of like I, I one time had somebody uh, say to me, well, you know, how do we uh, copyright or protect this workflow? And I said, what workflow? The workflow of interviewing people, like literally the, everybody does that, right? Everybody can interview people. Journalists do it. Um, that's, you can't yeah. protect that. It's not, a, <laughs> it's not an industry leading unique workflow to this particular team. Um, very, very, very interesting. Um, okay. So you got the book coming out, you got the, the Twitter stream. And so you have 75,000 followers. You don't follow anybody. So even less than, um, some of the, the politicians out there that are tweeting nonstop. Um, how, yeah. um, so tell me if you can do it, any brand should be able to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've always said, you know, social is nothing new. We've been social creatures since we were cavemen. Um, you go to a backyard barbecue and you tell a joke and you listen to people and you try to be interesting, tell a funny story. Um, the platforms certainly have changed now that, you know, obviously Twitter and, and uh, TikTok and, and, and all these, but it's, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing new to just being interesting. Um, and I have worked with so many brands that all they want to do is post a picture of their product with a sales message. And I don't think that's what people get on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok to look at. Um, and so m m most brands, they, they don't, they've forgotten how to be human and they don't know how to be interesting um, because I don't, I don't think you could just post ads and expect to get engagement. And, you know, it's funny because like you said earlier, like ad week is a business, um, but we rarely, rarely post a post about, Hey, hire us for your next project. Mm -hmm. um, we let people sort of discover it. So we're, we, we try to be interesting and funny and then they click over to the profile and then they, hopefully see that we are a business and we do creative projects. But um, if, if I just posted every day about hiring us to do your next project, no, I would lose so many followers. Right. So, I mean, the point is that not, not everybody can um, build an audience unless they're interesting and um, offer something other than just pushing their product. Right. That's, is that kind of the takeaway? Yeah, I totally agree, and I'm, 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 I know that I've seen, I've seen your posts as well. I, I know you, you uh, profess the same, the same uh, philosophy. So, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just a couple more. I'm just keep scrolling. Paul, you know, grand, grandmother of Tostitos, social copywriter, anxiously waiting to like, share, and comment on his next brand post. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's hilarious. Unemployment copywriter promotes self to group creative director on LinkedIn profile. <laughs> anyway, you guys need to have a look at this. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Um, and there's the dog again. So you do use the same, <laughs> same dog a little bit. I do use a lot of the same photos. Um, so a long time agency dog, seriously thinking about going freelance. <laughs> it's funny. Great. All right. Where can people find the book? When is it coming out? 
The it's scheduled to come out the end of May, um, and it'll be available online. I don't have any uh, URL for that yet, but uh, I'll be I'll be uh, pushing it out on Twitter when it's available. Um, it's it's close to being done. Um, the 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 publishers are working on it as we speak, and hopefully it brings a, a, a smile to people's lives. Very good. And yeah, about 6,000 tweets. And um, I mean, this is, you even comment on some of these uh, crazy things that, um, um, that social networks want you to do. LinkedIn would like you to congratulate laid off art director for starting new position at self-employed. Um, so yeah, very good. Well, Christoph, you will get a signed copy of the book. Fantastic. I promise you. And I appreciate uh, uh, you inviting me to the podcast. I know you've been uh, uh, a loyal Adweek fan for a long time, and we have talked in the past, and, uh, and I appreciate your, your love on Twitter. You bet. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Everyone, um, if you are not following him yet, Adweek, A-D-W-E-A-K, on Twitter, and then adweekstudio.com is the website. Um, Paul, thanks for joining us. Keep up the interesting work. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Stories win.